Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C., and today my returning guest is Rachel Bedekoffer. She's a political branding strategist. She's an ad slinger and a polling and targeting expert. So we're going to talk about Democratic messaging and the midterms and all that good stuff, Roe v. Wade, all the fun stuff that's going on right now. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash start me up. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash start me up. And don't forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Rachel Bittacoffer. Welcome back to the show, Rachel. Well, thank you so much for having me back. <laughs> you are on fire all the time. So I definitely, <laughs> I definitely. It's actually not fire. It's what Rebecca Trasseter calls incandescent rage. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, rage becomes her. That's, that's what... Um, Oh, God, who wrote this? Soraya Shamali Shamali wrote a book called Rage Becomes Her. And I think we all need to take that rage on. It's extremely important. And your voice is important right now. So I want to get to some real big questions. First of all, um, I know our time is kind of limited in that we've got about a half an hour, half an hour. So I'm going to try to squeeze as much as I can and get as much as I can out of you. Um, <laughs> how do you think Roe, like what will Roe do? Will it be the catalyst Democrats need to come out in big numbers? How do you think it's going to affect the midterms? Dude, this kind of evisceration of Roe is a is a monumental moment, and you can already see that it was markedly different than anything else that's happened since Biden was inaugurated mm-hmm. in terms of flipping some advantage back to Democrats. Okay. And I, I mentioned that, or I say that, based on a couple of things. The polling data, of course, is still just now materializing, mm-hmm. and this first wave, the leaked memo wave, is going to stay kind of in a wonky space. Mm-hmm. But if this decision comes down, and what we see from the leak memo translates bro- more broadly speaking, there's definitely potential for Democrats to have a massive enthusiasm push from this. Mm-hmm. It will depend on how much they accentuate that and the messaging approach that they decide to use, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they get bogged down into, oh, abortion's going to be legal here and not here and women and poor people, that's those are all important and pr- probably access is probably like by wealth, the most important mm-hmm. policy component of abortion. The best argument, mm-hmm. the best way to win the politics on it, though, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is to focus on the stripping of women's fundamental yes. right to control their own body. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I hope I can push the party into doing so that when this decision comes down in June, it will be a Titanic earthquake. Well, last night, did you see Chuck Schumer? Oh, my God. Last night, Chuck Schumer's like, if you want this, vote for MAGA. Vote for MAGA if you want this. And it's like, stop telling people to vote for MAGA. <laughs> and on top of it, he was he was forgetting his point. So it just sounded like he went, vote for MAGA. It's like, oh, my God, Chuck. Uh, you know, I, I, t- 
terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Well, you messaging. guys know me. I never sacrifice like the truth for yeah. what's prudent, right. maybe for me personally. So I'm just going to say like, I mean, it would be a, a, a big freaking help <laughs> if we didn't have Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi doing the messaging. I think we need a professional Jen Psaki style yes. press person that handles so yeah. for those two. Okay. And it's not to take anything away from their talents. Right. They are immensely, yes. immensely talented at the things that they're talented at. Mm-hmm. But communication, especially <laughs> like guerrilla warfare, political yeah. trench stuff, that's not their thing at all. And it really is harming our ability to create narratives. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that I argue for in my strategic overhaul is the creation of a comms person that runs basically a, a, a same situation, mm-hmm. a little bit more structured and a little bit less democratic and get people out there doing our, our hard, the hard hitting talking points that we make are useless if, if they aren't getting um, repeated and effectively delivered to voters and to the press. 100%. And I just want to reiterate, it's not an attack on them. It's just recognizing no, what their all. strengths no. are. And their strengths are just like when Hillary Clinton said, hey, look, my fucking strength is what I do. She said, I'm not like my husband. I'm not the go out and personable person. Her fucking strength is wonky work. That's where she shines. And that's where she does. And we can bitch and moan all we want about how it should be that. And that's the other thing that matters. But listen, I'm hired to tell people (laughs) how to win shit. And it's about the razzle dazzle, Dazzle. dude. Okay. (laughs) Like we don't need to win the argument on technicality and better argument and better support and better Mm -hmm. facts. We need to win the fucking rhetoric okay yes. like it's got to be rhetorically <laughs> hyperbolic yeah. it's got to be a phrase one you know maybe four words five words mm-hmm. it can't be paragraphs and we and it can't be wonky it has to be mm-hmm. macro focused which is why i said it is true that poor women are going to suffer disproportionately mm-hmm. when abortion's illegal in 23 states in yes. june but the fact of the matter is every woman in america is having their fundamental liberty stripped away and that's the message we can win on absolutely so my question now is we we put a lot of us you know we go to the polls and then we vote and then we put all the responsibility on the party leaders and even though we do hire them for that I think we are also part of that responsibility so voters have a lot of influence we are able to get things trending especially when we work together you know I've been in lots of DM groups where let's say it's a pro-choice DM group and we want to get a certain message out and we use a certain hashtag if enough, if it's a good hashtag and it's a good message, it will resonate and it will trend. And if it trends, there's a shot that it's going to make cable news. So how, what advice do you have for just regular voters and their responsibility and, and, and what they can do, what they can um, add to all of this messaging? How can we, the voters, make a difference? I'm so glad that you asked that. My partner, Doug Haddix, and I, um, I'm no longer with Strike Pack, so I'm, I'm on my own, I'm just a political consultant now, but I am working on a public-facing crowdsourced free service for the public, and Dougie and I are creating it, and it's a toolkit. And what it does is it takes my messaging, this brand-centric 
in a glance, can't avoid it if your eyeballs happen to see it, messaging into um, a usable packet with a guide, kind of like the indivisible guide that taught mm -hmm. people how to contact, you know, their senators and whatever. But this will be an indivisible guide to do what I call grassroots guerrilla brand warfare, right? Mm. So go out into these social media spheres. Here's the material. You don't even have to make it. These are optimized material, which I'll explain like the logic behind these things too in the toolkit so that other campaigns, consultants, strategists, regular people <laughs> can all learn how to do it too. Mm -hmm. And that I'm really excited about that project. I hope it will be massively beneficial both here and abroad. And, um, you know, I'm working hard to roll it out. Awesome. Well, you have to let me know and I will absolutely be there to help you because I think we're on the same page that we agree fear, obviously the right uses fear to motivate their voters. And I think it behooves Democrats to also use fear. But the difference is the fear is just telling the truth. And it's the way you yeah. tell the truth. Because as you said, yes, getting rid of Roe is going to be terrible for poor women and a, and a group of people in this country are not going to be able to get health care. Some people are going to die. And, and like you said, that's the paragraph messaging. You need the three to four words. You need that kind of slogan that punches and i saw that you posted um that oh god now was it the is it the daisy it's the flower um ad. oh yeah um, the flower ad yeah. yes it's the famous daisy flower ad right. i did yeah and and that and, and it worked and you know i had jamie yeah. harrison on my show and i told him i said look that message was very effective and it just yeah. cut through everything and you know he said to me something like democrats are inspired by hope and it's i told him i said you know I was I thought Obama was great and he he did have my vote but the person who made me become a political junkie was Sarah Palin because she scared the shit out of me and exactly yeah. true and also <laughs> Obama ran after two terms of George W Bush yes. so guess what still negative partisanship people yeah okay. right exactly he and was he, if he would have run in 2004 like Kerry maybe he could have won because he was not inclined I mean at this point now like the Obama campaign stuff to me is very outdated. It all mm -hmm. needs to be strategically modified. It is in the packet, absolutely, of the stuff I'm trying to reform. But at that time, that was a revolution, right. and it was a step forward, yes. right? Yes. And you know, maybe that would have made the difference because '04 was such a close election mm -hmm. in a couple of the swing states. But at the end of the day, you know, it, this in-party, in out-party fundamentals are a major fast facet of of, of politics, mm -hmm. and even you know we rerun all of these 2018 races where people were successful same candidate same messaging same consultant same everything mm -hmm. but you run those races in 2014 mm -hmm. good luck right yes there's it's just a different political climate people are thinking they have different perceptions so absolutely so how do you what would you say that uh, the democrats are getting right right now and what are they getting wrong right now I mean, what they're getting right is baby steps towards the realization that we're in democratic collapse, not a crisis, mm -hmm. a collapse. We have a, a, a party that is embraced uh, a, a insurrection, overthrowing the government, mm -hmm. that tried very hard and came very close and plotted very intricately to do so, and is now looking at what went wrong in that power grab and making the modifications they need to do in order to grab power in the future. Right? Right. That's kind of a problem, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I think they are making baby steps to realizing that. 
you know, um, the whole scene. I mean, strategically, if I had been Joe Biden's advisor from day one, from the moment the Jan 6 stuff happened, I would have said, look, when you do this inaugural speech, you're going to need to temper expectations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You need to go out there and be like, I campaigned on doing all of this stuff. But the first thing we need to do is address this Democratic crisis. And it was, I think, the wrong strategic advice that he was given from the (laughs) that, you know, it set up this expectation that 50 seats, one of them being a a state that Trump carried by 35 seats, Mm -hmm. was going to deliver this completely revisioned America at a time where the country was barely hanging on. Okay, we we, if we did not transfer the power, people always ask me, what would have happened if I'm like, dude, then we would not be living in a democracy. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'd be Mm -hmm. living in a one party totalitarian fascist regime yeah (laughs) that's kind of a problem right so i think they are getting that right Uh, i think they're starting to suspect that telling people about infrastructure and rural broadband and you know whatever isn't gonna cut it when the other side is saying hey those people want to groom children for pedophiles yeah right (laughs) so i think they are starting to wake up to that i've said long a long time that we had to turn the titanic by the summer and i mean that Mm -hmm. right and today Mm -hmm. is may 12th Mm -hmm. and i am still working to push that titanic into that full turn okay so well i think we know what they're getting wrong but what are a couple things would you say they could improve on he asked he should do he should do razzle dazzle shit for inflation Okay, Mm -hmm. we get caught up on what's going to be impactful and meaningful and truly do this or that. He needs optics. He needs optics. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's completely, you know, superficial in terms of of the cause Mm -hmm. or like the, um, you know, fixing problem. But if the Republicans were in charge right now, they would give every razzle dazzle symbolic thing they could do on inflation to the electorate. And if he does not start to do that, then it's going to be extremely difficult extremely difficult to navigate the economic stuff in the fall how do you just uh, with your pollster analyzer gut self right now i know you haven't turned the titanic yet but what are you feeling about the midterms just right now well you know one week ago or whatever before this memo leaked we were looking at models that predicted 30 seats gained for republicans in the house Mm -hmm. and if you have a model like that then that means the senate is also, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> really bad shape. And, you know, all the state legislatures, and that means governorships like mm-hmm. Michigan, mm-hmm. like Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. So it was, it, 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 so here's the thing almost nothing could disrupt that. I had said these GM6 hearings are going to be really important, finally pull the narrative because most Americans have no idea there was a coup plot mm-hmm. that many people in the Republican Party were involved in it, that it involved all these uh, states, state electors that it was plotted and planned, that the insurrection was plotted and planned, Mm -hmm. and all part of this massive um, party-wide conspiracy. That is going to be helpful, but I have long said, look, that's not enough because Republicans will never watch it. They'll go to Fox and they'll Mm -hmm. hear about Hunter Biden's laptop. They they do not cover in right-wing media what actually happens at these things. They Mm -hmm. make up a narrative and they tell their listeners what they want to hear. And unless you want to know 
and um, you know can get over the the especially if you're a Republican or a right leaning indie get over the the psychological techniques humans mm-hmm. use to protect themselves which is you, you exposing themselves to adverse information very few people are going to do that so we needed a strategy what I call the make them look strategy right mm-hmm. that puts the most important shit in front of people and forces them to look so you have to do it on sports advertising hmm. on you know the bachelorette and mm-hmm. places like that but wow. you would have to massively enhance it to get the same benefits that what i'm going to talk about now which is this row memo mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, and we know it's true because the very next day we saw spontaneous rallies mm-hmm. all across the country hmm. okay mm-hmm. and we're going to see this another this another yeah. organized women's march but what i care about is that spontaneity when you you there's nothing that has happened since Trump left mm-hmm. that has brought people to the streets on our side, right? right? And in fact, they don't have anything on their side. That that's our one advantage. Mm-hmm. And to have that spontaneous reaction ripple through cities, big, small, medium, and super small, mm-hmm. really is a sign that what's coming in June is going to be a political earthquake that we can enhance and must enhance and and should enhance but which will at least lift itself out of obscurity on its own if that makes sense wow that totally makes sense um we're gonna have to take a quick break and we'll be back after this message hey there it's kimberly if you'd like to support the start me up podcast just visit patreon.com slash start me up you'll see all the different tiers you can make your choice and you will have my undying gratitude Thank you so much. Okay, we are back. I love what you said about that. I mean, I don't, I hate the idea that it's going to be struck down, but of course I do. But I definitely want the wake up call um, because I want us to win. So let me ask you this and what your opinion is. I've heard people say that they could either gut it or they could strike it down. And my feeling is I, of the two, I'll take strike down because this, the result is exactly the same. It's just a quieter way to do it with just gutting it and leaving it in exactly. place. Exactly, Kim. Yeah. That's so smart of you to notice. And that's why like, when people were asking me, what do you expect the court to do? I said, these people, several of them are political as fuck, okay? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. The, the, they're the most political justices, and this is true on the left as well. Because- yes because we got rid of the judicial filibuster for the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. so there's no 60-vote threshold. So the last five nominees have yes. been more ideologically rigid than what would have previously been able to get nominated. Right. Um, so, you know, when we think about the, those um, conservatives on the court, you know, I thought they'd be shrewd enough to just exactly it, right because exactly. you get, because you get the same thing and like so to see this memo leak and that's why i think there is a possibility that the memo was not leaked right. by a sotomayor or clerk right I think no. there's a possibility it was leaked by a conservative yes um who is afraid that that's not going to that they're going to walk back from this big bold you know total for us it's a total evisceration of roe for the religious right that has fa- f- power powered the conversion of the republican party from a political party to a cult it is you know the piece de la resistance right mm-hmm. and like the politics doesn't matter for the ideologue mm-hmm. so i i can't help but wonder if it was an effort to keep them you know on a gutting path but yeah honestly you know roe is 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 in, in tremendous danger it, uh, um, if they take control of the government, they're going to nationalize Roe. Okay, they're going to take states' yes. rights. <laughs> you know, they only care about states' rights when it's an issue that suits that frame for them. So they're going to eviscerate abortion access if they have control. And so what we need to do is make sure that we use the threat of that, the reality of it, whatever it is, to keep them from getting that control. Yeah, I saw angry staffer 
I don't know what you think of angry staffer, but I just saw a tweet that they said that they believed their gut, they said they have no proof, but that they believed that this was leaked because maybe one of the justices was getting cold feet and it was a way to keep them in line. And, and again, I'm going with you. It's like you would think because these justices are political that they would realize if they strike this down, this is going to wake up so many people in this country and it could hurt the Republican, you know, a te- coup thing. And so I, I don't understand um, why they think this is a good idea right now. But the, the, I guess what I'm thinking is perhaps they recognize this is literally the last uh, possible – if, if Democrats win this election, then you know, they're not going to have as an e- easy of, as a time as they would like. But they also realize this is potentially the last free and fair election we could really have. And so they're going for broke. And I, I guess that's what they're doing. I don't know. It's just so weird to me that this, is, this timing is so strange because we're going to have, like you said, we're going to have the public hearings. And I don't think either way, I'm just going to throw in, I don't necessarily think anybody would be swayed from the MAGA side. What I would hope from these public hearings, just like with Roe v. Wade, is there's this huge uh, half the country doesn't vote. If some of these people who don't vote become aware of what's happening, maybe it will energize them or you know motivate them in some way. But what I yeah, but only if somebody does that for them, right? So they're not going to just like these tuned out people yeah. are going to hear about this plot to overthrow the government, and it, I mean maybe they're going to hear about it, right? right? First off, I mean even with these hearings, guys, I gotta. It's so hard for people to understand because we are so different. Mm-hmm. Most people do not read or get exposed accidentally yeah. anymore right. to news. Okay, like so our job then, if we're going to hope for that or to whatever, is to make them look and make them see it as relevant, relevant to their own health, wealth and safety. Otherwise, you know, we can't hope that they're just going to do it. And um, I can promise you this. There are going to be millions of Americans who will spend the entire hearings just like they did for the other two completely oblivious to it even going on. I agree. And I think I think what it's like you said, if someone else introduces it. So if you've got somebody who's mildly interested um, and then they follow it and then they tell their friends, that's it. But I will say, as far as the Roe v. Wade thing, when I was young and I was not paying attention to politics, I can absolutely guarantee 100 percent this would have made me pay attention. So I I think that the Roe v. Wade. I mean, mean, really, to me, like the you know, when you're talking about non-interested voters, messaging has to be more than six. Yeah. So really, it has to come down to, hey, non-voting American, your government is about to collapse. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know so what I mean? What do you think? OK, for the for the Garland DOJ thing, and I know you're aware of the debates going on about, you know, Trump getting indicted and all of that. It is my belief, even though the DOJ is not supposed to be and I don't necessarily think they are partisan, at least for the most part, and their decision making is not based on partisan thinking. But the same idea is like I've heard people make the argument, well, if Trump is not indicted this year before the midterms, it's going to depress votes. And I actually think that if Trump were to be indicted before the midterms, it would engage, it would it would motivate their base even more. And no, their base is motivated to the max. And listen, they are also hit with the effective system. The whole entire 
you know, reason for my being is to create the electoral system that they use. Mm -hmm. Republicans are going to hit presidential level turnout in a lot of these places. Let me just tell you guys that it doesn't matter if Trump's indicted or not. It doesn't matter if Roe is eviscerated or not. These people are coming. They have a system. They have perfected it. They deployed it in Virginia to great effect. They hit presidential turnout in their best precincts. It is coming every swing race. And we absolutely must be able to uh, counteract that Mm -hmm. with some kind of enthusiasm juice but they we can't just hope i mean this this thing it, i mean it is what it is right i mean i knew roe was going abortion rights were going to be curtailed and severely yes. the minute that hillary clinton lost okay mm-hmm. because what was on the ballot for me in 2016 wasn't just a supreme court justice the, the, the garland seat it was the first liberal majority that court would have had mm-hmm. since the night. 1960s. Wow. Okay? And instead of the shit that we talk about now, if it had happened differently and people would have just rallied around Clinton, guess what? We would be sitting there. We would have had the majority we needed to end Citizens United and end partisan gerrymandering. Instead, we're fucking losing our fundamental liberty to control right. our own body. So people should consider that. If you're hearing my voice, you've got to talk to everyone you know. Those are the people that aren't interested. You know them. I have friends just the same. You must terrify them mm-hmm. you know i tried i was at the grocery store there the other day and there was this young girl who i always ask people are you registered to vote and this that and she's like telling me that voting wasn't important and she had learned in school or something that she yeah. had read in history that it didn't matter and both parties were the same and i just i said okay i mean i i had limited time with her and i don't want to push too much because i'm just a fucking stranger but i was just like let me ask you this are you aware of how some uh, legislators are, are trying to make it very difficult for you to vote and she said yes and i said why do you think they're going to all that trouble if everybody, if all, we're all the same, and she goes, "Oh, I never thought of it that way." So the other day, <laughs> yeah, I, totally. I know. Yeah, and then I, I said, used to tell black students that I'm like, the reason they're targeting you is they're terrified of you. Think yes. of what that means in the reverse. Yes, right? it means that you guys have power, this untapped potential that terrifies the living shit out of Republicans. Yes. Right? <laughs> God, exactly. And this this young woman is a black woman, and and so oh, okay. I asked her the other day because I was like, okay, I'm like. I said, you're the one I talked to about voting being important, right? And she was like, yeah, because there's a couple of young girls who work there. And, and so I said, uh, okay, well, did you know that they're going to get rid of Roe v. Wade? And she said, no. And I said, do you understand what that means? And, and, nope. and, and, and you know, and she, she kind of did. I said, I just want you to know that this could mean that if, if you were raped, I said, it's not necessarily going to happen where we live because it's a blue state. But if you're in a red state and you're raped and you're pregnated, they're going to force you to have it, even if you don't want it. And, and her eyes got real big. And That's she, right. Zach, yeah. oh, this is such a great combo because <laughs> you know why? Because it's helping to alliterate a concept I talk about, which is the make them look. They, yes. don't, they can't be outraged, guys, mm-hmm. because they don't have any fucking idea what's happening. Right. So our messaging should be PSA-oriented, mm-hmm. right? Yes. This is what's happening. Yes. This is the modern Republican Party. Are you sure you don't want to fucking vote? <laughs> I know. Well, and I don't know what I left her with because she didn't say anything. She didn't right, right. say anything. She just, I, I had a few things to say and I said, all right, I'm going to stop talking to you now because you didn't come to work to listen to me lecture you about politics. I, I Which said, is but how it's you do it. very yeah, yeah, hard yeah. <laughs> for me not to when I see young women and, no doubt. you know, and it's funny because there are older women who I've talked to and they're all fucking voting. 
but and they're they're all paying attention. But um, it's just it's something people that people who need abortions who yes. are likely to be forced to bear a ecotopic pre- pregnancy yes. that murders them or, you know, an abortionist or a rapist baby. Those people are the least likely to follow the news, least likely to be paying any attention. And in the new environment we live in, guys, which is media wise, holistically wise, information wise, absolutely fundamentally different than it was in 2000. Mm-hmm. These people never see a newspaper headline. OK, mm-hmm. there's no newspaper machines yeah. out on the sidewalk anymore so it's not like they would walk by and see that right. or see somebody reading it in a restaurant because even if they were in the restaurant and even if i was reading my paper in there they're going to be on their phone and right. their phone is not your phone it is all algorithm based it's mm-hmm. all celebrity twitter it's all mm-hmm. football twitter there is no our our little sphere of twitter is is distortive uh, twitter is distortive but the political twitter which is a <laughs> very small segment of what twitter does mm-hmm. in a day and its content is the most distorted place on earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And it may be even worse if Elon gets a hold of it. Um, the last question I want to ask you is, would you just explain to people, and I mean, I understand it, but I think you have such a good way of describing things because you do it so succinctly, but would you just explain to people how if Dems lose in this election, how Dem- how Republicans will ultimately seize control for 2024? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, guys. There's no way that a model that has them picking up 20 or 30 House seats is going to leave us the governorship of Michigan and right. Pennsylvania. Maybe Pennsylvania because Shapiro and Fetterman have that magic extra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it will be a risk, okay? And so what that means is that the go- there will be Republican secretaries of states all over not just in Arizona and Georgia, who have all been towed a line now. Mm-hmm. Next time that the Republican Party wants to lose 11,000 votes, the people there are going to make it happen. Right. I can promise you that. And they've put the mechanisms in place. That's how we know. It's not just rhetorically based. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, imagine Michigan being run that way. Wow. That's what will happen mm-hmm. if we don't find a way to match our 2018 and exceed our 2018 turnout in this midterm. Period. Yeah. And, and we have to be hitting that conversion pool. That conversion pool is going to be hit with shit like, don't vote for Democrats. They want to make your kids feel bad for being white. Mm-hmm. Don't vote for Democrats. They're child groomers that want to turn your boys into girls and then sell them to pedophiles. Mm-hmm. That is the crazy shit that the Republican Party has no qualms and absolutely will spend millions of dollars defining us as. And we are fools if we think rational conversation is going to meet this moment. Yeah. yes and then oh god what was I just going to say it flew out of my mind it came back and it flew out of my mind again Um, oh I know what it is if if we also if we fail to to win this election if Democrats fail then ultimately like right now it's going to go there's abortion will be legal in blue states and illegal in red states if it happens that we lose, they're going to make it. So in 2024, whoever the president, they're going to get rid of all of it. No more blue no, state, red no state. No doubt, dude. I don't understand why these people who are in blue states feel – I wouldn't even tell somebody in a blue state, oh, by the way, it may not be you because it's going to be all these I, – I would not even mention that because at the end of the day, That's here's true. the truth. If they take control of Congress and the presidency, they are going to nuke the filibuster for abortion. Yes, they will. Okay? 
They will. And they're going to and they are going to ban abortion nationwide. But guys, by the time they have that power, there's going to be a lot of shit coming down the pipe. that's going to look a lot like the Third Reich. So let me tell you, it's the least of our concerns. The goal is to panic now before we're living in that world. That's what I wanted Virginia to do before Mm -hmm. they elected Glenn Youngkin. And I think there's a way to do that in our strategy, in our messaging and our um, comms. And I'm really eager to put it into place as many as many um, competitive races as I can. Well, I'm looking forward to it when you have your packet ready i want it i want it and uh, i'm so grateful for your mind you're so smart on this and i'm totally in alignment with you so um i just appreciate everything you do and i know you gotta go so before i let you go tell everybody where they can find you follow me on twitter at rachel bittacoffer i'm the only one so it's really easy to find (laughs) also and i'm author kimberly k-i-m-b-e-r-l-e-y my books are on amazon thank you rachel so much Thanks so much for having me, Cam. It was great. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.